Aren't you glad that you've been redeemed? Aren't you glad you've been forgiven? Aren't you glad that Jesus is stronger than anything that ever had its hold upon your life? I am. I am so gracious and so excited. You know, today is Race to Life, obviously. But what is Race to Life? I just wrote a few things down. This is a new life. There is no power in the water. There's no power in, in the water, but it's something about a willing vessel saying, man, I'm going to follow you, Christ. And I'm going to die to myself. I go down one thing and come up with something else. And you're not ashamed to say it. Um, embracing Christ and his teaching. It's a big day here at this church, and we always want it to be. Often, man, I remember growing up and thinking, what's well, baptism service or, or something? But it never really had a, a, a powerful meaning to me. But man, you know what? One of our greatest times of the year ought to be on baby dedications or children dedications and the part about being raised to life. Sure. And we, meet, we need to make a big deal out of it. We need to make a big deal out of it. This marks the day that we can, we can celebrate with those who've made a decision to follow Christ, and it is a big deal. And I want to say something to those being baptized. You know, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean it literally, but it's finished. You've accomplished it. You've done it. Not re- you've not held back from doing things your own way, but you've, you've followed the Lord and his teaching, what he said for us to do, to be baptized. And I am uh, excited to hear that each of you made that decision. God is good. Um, I had a change in my sermon just a little bit while I was standing there. And... Uh, You know, um, we don't realize how the, how the Lord wants to work in our life and how he plans things from the beginning. And I'm going to refresh, and, and some of you have probably heard this a bunch of times, but I'm just going to briefly make comment to it. When we came back, we came here to Missouri 20 years ago, and um, it, was, it was by the Lord leading, of course, but, but he spoke to my heart to warn me before we ever came here. Uh, he spoke to me out loud one Sunday morning. I was getting ready to preach at a church we were pastoring. And uh, I said, okay. And then six months later, and I never knew when, and I didn't know what Bloomfield, Missouri consisted of. But opportunity grows, and we moved here to uh, Bloomfield. Five years later, four years later, we were pastoring the church here, and we were at the little church downtown. But about two years into the church, we bought this property we were hoping to build, and, and we were continuing to grow, and town was growing. We were maximized. Everything we'd done, we were maxed out. And so we bought this property, and it's what began the cleanup routine of, of people coming out here, and, and we cleaned the fence row out. There's a whole fence row, and we took it all out. And and reason I want to say this, it's not real often we can say it's finished. I finished what the Lord wanted me to do, and I've completed everything he's had for me to do because many times we, we quit too short, and we don't receive the blessings. We don't see the, the answers come up in our life like we thought we would. We've been, we'd have bought this property. We probably had it for six months, and, and I was out here by myself, and, and I, I, talked to, I was going to talk to Dennis Strouser about maybe getting him a bucket truck and trimming some of these limbs up out here, but... All these trees along the road, they hung way down. The limbs did. We couldn't park in there. We built our parking. And so I thought, well, one, I'm just going to go out there. And uh, at this time, I was working uh, over in uh, Sykeson, and I was working part-time anyway. 
But this day I was off, and I took my ladder and got up in the tree out here, and, and I was trimming limbs, and I was doing real good. I was, thought it was looking real good. And, and I was cutting the limb, and I had a pretty big chainsaw. I was old 28 still, and I started cutting through it, and it was about to go through. So I got up a little bit higher, so I'd be higher than the limb. So in case something weird happened, I could grab a hold of the limb, and I could hang there, and hopefully a passerby would come by and stop and get me. And, and, and so it cut on through. I thought it was in good shape. I was excited. And I said that saw in my hand. But what I didn't know, and, and people told me later, that you always cut the bottom side before you cut the top. Those limbs have a tendency when they go down to spring back forward. And when I let it down, when it went down and hit the ground, it shot back up toward the tree and hit me in my right leg and knocked me completely vertical in the air. And I went down like a torpedo falling to the ground. Let me, let me tell you, I, I didn't have any intention of telling this and what I'm going into next until two minutes ago, three minutes ago. And I remember landing on my neck, and, and uh, you could see in the ground, you could see my head imprint and my two shoulders in the ground. And I laid there, and my, my legs were tingling, and I, I, I could feel them, but there was still some tingling going on. So I laid there, and I rolled over, and you, when you're a man, you have to groan and grunt and all those things that you do. Oh, so... I, uh, I rolled over, grabbed my saw, threw it in the back of the truck, and left my ladder, and uh, the ladder was on the ground, of course, uh, and went home. That was about 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. And then, fast forward till last year. Last year, I had a, I was out working on the, um, my mowing machine, my, I was cutting hay, I started to anyway, and I was working on it, and I got frustrated, and, and I don't think that had anything to do with the stroke, but I ended up having a stroke, and I didn't, I couldn't talk right, I couldn't think right, I couldn't drive right, and, and I drove to Dexter to do some stuff, and on the way back, I knew something was bad wrong. I could think of old hymns and songs, I could sing old hymns, and, and they would come to my memory, and I could sing them out, but new stuff, I couldn't sing anything, I couldn't do anything, so I got home. And my wife was sitting there, and I said, honey, I probably say honey, I probably said sweetheart, darling, or something. But she's sitting there, I said, uh, she looked at me, and I said, something's wrong. I didn't know it then, but the extent of it, and I still don't know all the extent of it, but it's taken a year, to, well, I still see some side effects of it, but it took over a year for me to finally get through the stroke. That was two things that could have taken my life from me, and taken, taken my life short, and, and uh it definitely taken me out of this position here. And then this past week, I was last Sunday afternoon, Leighton came over. He wanted to go do, put some, uh, something out for deer, and it wasn't corn. Uh, he put a, uh, a lick out, and, and so we went down. And so I said, well, let's go down to the bottom, and I'll check a stand that was down there. I don't think the person that done it had the uh, foreknowledge to know what they were doing totally. They thought somebody would see the cables that were cut on my stand, and they would look at it and say, oh, somebody come and sabotage my stand. But just so happened to be, there had to, there's enough vines underneath that kept the platform up. So I climbed up the stand, like I do every time, and I grabbed hold of something behind the tree, and I was, I was up above the stand, and I put my foot on that one. As soon as my foot went on, it went to the bottom. And I remember instantly seeing my foot go down, so I knew the rest was going down too. And I went down, and, I, and I, I thought about some things um, as I was on my way down. 
uh, about how to keep my legs up. I didn't want to break my legs or do something there and keep my head up. I'm going to land on my back. So I landed kind of like in a position. So I landed on my back, flat on my back, and, uh, and I started hollering. And Leighton and Walker were over in the Ranger. Well, Leighton saw me fall, and he came running over to me. And, uh, of course, knocked the air out of me. So I was moaning and groaning and carrying on. And I didn't know what was wrong, but I hit the ground, so I knew I had feeling in my legs. So I moved my feet, so I knew I'd, I possibly had some back injury. But he got over over there with me, and and uh, um, I rolled over, and that's basically it. You may think, well, what's the big deal of telling those three stories? Three times, I never thought about it like this, but three times in my life, there's been attempts or or whatever you want to say to shorten my life. It wasn't maybe not my doing, or maybe this out here was. It was just foolishness, and, and then the stroke, I don't know what caused that. And then, and then the back, I know somebody cut my cables, and they didn't think I was going to die, but they still, they still done it nonetheless. Three times, the Lord spared me from certain death. And you know that all of us here, there are the things that he spares us from. And many times, we make decisions and. That echo is driving me crazy. <laughs> Things that he sells, that he, that he saved us from. The name of this message, and I will be very brief, is the price of soil. If you go to 2 Kings with me, chapter 5, the price of soil. First thing, Elisha sent Naaman to a messenger who said, Go and wash into Jordan seven times, and your skin will be healed, and you will be clean. Verse 14. So Naaman went down and dipped into Jordan seven times, just as Elisha had said, and his skin became new again. The skin like a different child, and he was clean. Amazing. Just a little bit of obedience will get you what you're looking for. And a little bit of disobedience will get you what you're not looking for. You see, we've all been like Naaman. The Lord speak to us and want us to do something. Or, or let's say you're sitting in your seat and you go to church and you, he often hears somebody preach a message and they're compelling the lost to come to the Lord and come and give your heart to him. And you, so you reluctantly take it, but then you don't. And you leave the place the same way you did. And over a period of time, you've done it many times. Because he was asking too much. See, the Lord spoke to Elisha and he told him very simple. He was looking for something great. Naaman, great military leader in the day in the days, and he dips into Jordan River, the dirty, nasty Jordan. It was a relief to him. He received his miracle and he moved on, went on with his life. He had a second chance at life. He had, he had hope came back to his heart again because you all know he had a leprosy and, and he was going to die. It was obvious that he was going to die. Look at verse 17. The name is said, if you will take the gift, then please give me some soil as much as my two mules can carry. A funny question, and 
kind of ironic that he would ask that, but there was this reason why. I want you to go back and I want to read them between scriptures. Because it was here that the, that the decision was made and, and it was here that he wasn't finished yet. We're at the end of the story. It seems great, but look at verse 11. And Naaman became angry and left and he thought Elisha would come out and surely stand before me and call on the name of his God. And I would wave his, he would wave his hand over the place and heal the disease and Thou abandoned the far, far, the rivers of Damascus are much better than all the waters of Israel. Why can't I wash in them and become clean? And Naaman was very angry. Man, I make fun of our Castor River. We've, we've done a lot of baptizing up there, but it, it was with reluctance because we never knew. It's kind of rough shape to get in, into that river. But did he finish? He was almost, he left mad. He almost quit. He was offended. He asked to do something. He was asked to do something he thought was ridiculous. And many times God will speak to us and we think it's ridiculous. Maybe we sit there week after week after week and we think it's ridiculous that I should have to come up and give my heart to him. Started comparing. You see, I was a good guy. Before we even started pastoring and, and doing things here at the church in, in Kentucky and stuff, I was a good guy. And you can be, you gotta be careful you'll start comparing yourself to everybody and thinking you're just good, as good as them. It doesn't matter how good you are on the outside. It's the inside that matters. This baptismal service is about symbolically washing the outside. It's not about the work on the, the inside that's been done. He started, he started comparing himself. His country was better. His rivers were better. They were cleaner. I should have stayed in Iran. That's in Palestine. I should have stayed there. Why did I even think about coming back to this country? You see, he had been there before. He went there. And he, matter of fact, he had his little maid that worked for him. and told him about this, this prophet of God. I should have stayed there. He was from the dominating enemy. He felt that he was being targeted by this prophet, not showing him attention, not showing him the respect to come and talk to him. Why do we all think that it has got to be difficult to receive healing, receive salvation, receive deliverance, and to simply receive answers? We put such a high emphasis on how hard it is that I don't seem to break through, or I don't give deliverance, and I don't, I don't see how I can be that easy to be saved. But it is that easy to be saved. It's too easy for him to go down to the river and dip. Y'all can come back. Praise and worship team, come back. I know they just sit down. He's part in our hearts, and this is why I'm going to start with the, the title of the message, too. To finish what you start. Finish what you start. We get so sidetracked and so disoriented in life that we don't forget that we don't finish what we started. 
When I was in high school, I went to school with a guy by the name of David Lindham. That was my last two years of high school, my junior year. And David, I heard all this talk about David Lindham is the next, he'll probably be a state, a state contender in, in cross country this meeting. And everybody was ooh and all about David. And I was just impressed about his, about his name and who he was. And he was a, a grandson of John Lennon. Okay, he wasn't really, but, but he, he wasn't. It doesn't matter. Okay, David was a, a good guy, and he was a real encourager, and he was a fun guy to be around. But David never learned the importance of finishing something. I remember the first way we went to, we, our race there was at Knox County, Knox Central. And while I was there, he was, all the guys got involved and was cheering each other on. Then we got in the race, and, and by that time, when you start the race, you kind of spread out, and you don't see each other anymore. But about two-thirds of the way through, I seen Dave on the side saying, let's go, Dwight. I didn't understand it. But it wasn't long after that, about every, time, every race we went to, he had a hamstring pull or was a reason he was not contending. And he never finished his races. I go back 15 years ago, 16 years ago, A lot of things happened in my life and if I leave this earth early and I die and, and I go on to eternity or whatever, that's, it's fine too. But I thought, how easy it'd be for me to get discouraged over the simple things that happen, falling out of two trees. I know you can make your jokes about it and you can buy me a little chainsaw and you can do all the things you've done, but, but really, finish what you started. Listen, please. You can go through this whole life and make excuses why you're as good as everybody else. Finish what you start. Finish. It didn't matter that, I, that we came here in obedience if I don't finish. I'll never forget the, the one Sunday I told one, I think I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. I, I feel like the, the church is suffering because of the things that I've been through and what's going on in my body. I can't talk and I can't relate and it just stinks. But you finish. And, and she's a lot stronger than what a lot of people probably understand. And I'm telling you this morning, don't start comparing why you do what you do, but you've got to finish. You've got to finish. We're going to do something over here in just a second. About some people who finished. When they gave their heart to the Lord, they didn't just let it go at that. They said, I'm going to go to the next step because they told us to. And I'm going to follow them in water baptism. I think it's really important. We're going to sing a song. It's a song we sang a while ago. If you haven't, just like Naaman, you haven't made a decision to follow Christ. You've always got a reason why you don't. Always, oh, wait a minute, you might have a reason why you can't. But the same God who can save can heal. He can, he can keep a guy from falling 15 feet once and 12 feet once, not being hurt. He can keep a, 
a variety of things happening in my life, and I'm just a, I'm just a poor country boy from Kentucky. If God spared me, he could spare you, and he has spared you to this point. There's nothing any more important than you getting your heart right with the Lord. Nothing. And then following the water baptism. God is good.